show number 64 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Sixty-four. Sixty-four. Yeah. Will you still need me? <laughs> Will you still feed me those delicious muffins you made? Yeah, of course. When I'm sixty-four. I only make them when you come over. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those are special kitty muffins. They are. They're, they're special kitty muffins, just for me and you. And they're fat-free, too, so they're good for us. They're, well. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> they're, they're less bad than other things. That's than true. Than fat-full muffins. Because especially if we don't eat all of them. <laughs> Which could happen. Yeah, but they're fat-free. <laughs> they're fat-free. Okay, so, wonder, 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 con. So, I have oh, a, a very, con. very short report on WonderCon, which I attended last weekend <clears throat> in San Francisco. Um, there was a, there were a few Trek-related things, which is why I wanted to mention it. Um, and the reason I was there was to be on a podcasting panel that happened Sunday morning, which I was. Well, tell people what WonderCon is. Oh, WonderCon is a mostly comic book convention that's held in San Francisco once a year. It is quite small compared to the great big comic book convention, which is Comic-Con, that's held in San Diego. But it's run by the same people. And um, I actually like WonderCon better because it's smaller and because there's a lot more local people there, um, which makes it sort of a nicer crowd. Um, and also more of a diverse crowd, too. Like, in San Diego, mostly you just see, like, white people and white guys. And because this is in San Francisco, it's, like, just much nicer. And there were lots of women there and lots of families and lots of, you know, saw some mom and daughter duos, which was kind of cool. And in general, it was good. Um, I've noticed that the cons have been heavier on the non-comic book stuff that is, like, movies and TV stuff. And this year was no exception. So a couple of things that were interesting. One was that... Um, they had a big table set aside for this movie um, based on the story that Bill read, which um, you and I had sort of touched base about previously. And the name of the story is Mimsy Were the Borough Groves. The movie is called The Last of the Mimsies. No, it's called The Last Mimsy. Oh, sorry, The Last Mimsy. Sorry. And here's the little thing for it, which oh, I picked up for you. So you can have that. And I also got you a little piece of Mimsy swag. <gasps> cool. So here you go. This is for you. You have to open the box. Yeah, I figured that part out. <laughs> it, it's not, like, valuable or anything. It was says, just... warning, choking hazard. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is a Mimsy yo-yo. <laughs> Woo, thanks. If you get bored with it, you can give it to Buster. He might want to play with no, it. No, Buster's not a playing dog. <laughs> Even when he was young and, and frisky, he wasn't a playing dog. But um, to just kind of uh, backtrack a minute about this Mimsy where the borough goes, I got... On eBay several years ago, a, a tape mm-hmm. of Bill reading this science fiction story mm-hmm. by Henry Kuttner. Mm-hmm. And um, it was put out by Cadman is the name of the, mm-hmm. the company that did these recordings. And I think it's in the 70s. We're going to play a little bit of yeah. that for you because he reads it wonderfully. Oh, yes. And I had never heard of Henry Kuttner, but now that this movie's coming out, they have reissued a collection of his short stories. Oh, and cool. I bought it. I haven't started reading it yet. But um, Bill, for them, also did a reading of a chapter from Asimov's Foundation, mm-hmm. and I have that one as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you're if you're interested in hearing that, you might want to you know check out eBay or, yeah. or see where you can find it. Yeah. So we'll we'll play a little bit of that at the end. It's very good. Um, we both really enjoyed it when when um, you got it. I remember you loaned it to me, and I was listening to it. Um, the thing that I had observed about this story, which I'm sure is not going to be in the version that you see on the big screen, is that because it was a, a science fiction story written in like the 50s, I think? Probably. There's a lot of drinking in the story. So it, it's these parents, and um, hey, very good. Well, it, it, light, yo-yo lights it lights up. up. Um but the parents constantly drink. Like, they wake up in the morning and they have a drink. And then they have a dinner party and they're constantly drinking. And then the parents are getting ready to go to bed. And they're, like, pouring themselves huge snifters of brandy while they're getting dressed for bed. Mimsy has a graphic novel contest. Yeah. I don't know what that is. You can you can go there to enter. Hmm. So, okay. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of cool. And I, I wanted to get that for you. Um, so... The other, there were Klingons. There were people dressed as Klingons, which was kind of cool. Because there, there are so many Klingons in comics? I don't know. Um, there was a Star Trek event one of the evenings, but I did not attend it because I was busy doing other things. Um, there, there was a table set up for a manga company. Well, they're not manga. I guess they're just 
it, no, it's not manga. It's IDW, which is a, an independent comic book company who are releasing some um, some new Star Trek comic books. And one of the comic books is going to be released simultaneously in English and in Klingon. <laughs> okay. They had a very nice drawing. Of, I mean, the cover has a nice drawing of Kirk, so it's old-style TOS. It's kind of cool. So I might have to get it just to get the pictures. But, yeah, in, in Klingon. Wow. So I guess there must be a market for that, just as a collector's item or something. Something. Okay. Well, you know, they sold that Klingon Hamlet. That's true. And I have that. That's true. I didn't buy it. I was given it. Um, some some other highlights were that I ran into, or, or I... Um, I went to see a panel, and one of the people on the panel was a woman who is a scriptwriter, and she's written scripts for Next Generation. She's also written for Battlestar Galactica and for uh, Buffy, and she's writing for a new series right now. And she was part of a panel on um, it was called uh, Gender and Genre, and it was about how that plays into these different um, series that she's been involved with, and the other woman who is also an artist who has drawn comics, and it was really, really cool, and the best part was that afterwards I went up to her and I said, you know, it's been so long since I've seen you, we were in graduate school together, and she was like, oh, of course I remember you, and we got to chatting and everything, so it was great to just, you know, make contact How with someone. How cool! Yeah, and she, she, like me, left the graduate program and never finished, and now she's <laughs> like big successful screenwriter, and so that was cool. That That's was very, cool. very cool. Yeah, so I was so happy to see her. Um... So then, as I was wandering around um, the ghetto where they kept all the movie stuff, I saw um, Crazy Guy, Pike. He was there. <gasps> oh, my God. What is his name? Sean Kenny? Sean Kenny was there and uh, was, you know, doing his thing and, you know, signing autographs and everything Until like that. Until the aliens came and took him away. And I was just telling everybody who I was hanging around with the story of what a crazy, insane guy he was. And they were all, their mouths were like, what? What is going on? So that was pretty funny. But then the best part yes. was that Barbara Luna was there. <gasps> I had a great chat with Barbara Luna. Did you she, tell her that we've seen her costume I did. live and in person? She gave me her email address. <gasps> no, can we interview her? <laughs> we are going to send her pictures of us with her costume. She asked me to do that. And I'm going to see if we can interview her. She was <gasps> the nicest person, I swear to God. I met her at a con. And she was very nice. She was just so sweet, and we talked and talked, and she was very interested in the whole podcast thing, and I told her the story of the costumes, and she was like, didn't they used to be owned by this guy? And I was like, yeah, and then these people bought them from that guy. Oh, wow! So she was great, and still so hot. I mean, incredible. And had all this stuff, you know, these beautiful pictures of Mirror Mirror and all that stuff. (gasps) That was definitely the highlight of the whole thing. Oh, if you've got her email, oh my god, I am just blown away. That is so wonderful. We have got to interview her. So I just, I was saving that up. Oh, that's wonderful. That tops the (laughs) yo-yo. The yo-yo was merely an appetizer. Barbara Luna was the main course. Oh, that's fantastic. Good work. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm jazzed. Yeah. So, so that was my WonderCon experience. Jeez. Yeah, Yeah. All that and Barbara Luna too. That's wonderful. Oh, (laughs) oh. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just blown away. Well, I try to make these things work, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you really did. I go to a comic book convention, and I, I end up spending most of my time chatting with a woman who was an actor on Star Trek 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Oh, and one other thing. This was great. So people dress up, mm-hmm. and there were Klingons and lots of anime people, and there was a whole group of people who were dressed as the Knights of the Round Table from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, how And they funny. had somebody with coconuts, and they were, like, going around <laughs> the con like this, you know, with the hands. They were galloping around. <laughs> and I, there must have been, like, six or seven of them, and some were, were teenagers, like kids, and there were some women in there. It was a great costumed concert. They were posing for pictures all over the Oh, place. I'm it was sure. brilliant. It was just brilliant. <sighs> Wow. Oh, it sounds like you had a great time. It was really fun. Yeah, it was good. Wow. Well, that's super. So we're going to go to this other con, Silicon. Have I talked about this? Have we talked about this? A little bit, but talk about it more. So I was invited to Mm -hmm. be be a guest at this con, which is happening in San Jose in October, and it's called Silicon. Get it? Yeah. (laughs) Silicon Valley. And and I think they invited me. Not Silicon Valley. Based on the fact that I do the comics podcast, but then I was talking with the guy. I was like, you know, I do this other show that's about Trek. And he was like, 
oh, that's so cool. There's going to be Trek events and everything. So you should totally come. Okay. So we'll go together and we'll do like a con report about Silicon and talk about all the, the science fiction and Trek stuff that's happening there. Great. So if there's anybody around here in California or who's coming from out of town to go to Silicon, let us know and we'll definitely meet up. Um, I have no idea what the programming is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Probably we'll be on a panel or something. I don't know. Like, there's just, it's so far in the future that nothing has been right, confirmed Right, nothing's yet. set. So, but we'll be there. Okay. Yeah. woo Very good. Okay, so now I'm done talking. And you, <laughs> you can take over the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was great. Um, so I just have some, some bill news and things. And, of course. And most of these are, or a couple of these are links we're going to, put up to you. But um, as most of you probably know, there's there's wonderful, wonderful stuff on YouTube. And certainly, if you want to to see Star Trek stuff on YouTube, you better get over there and look now. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Viacom, YouTube was bought by Google, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay, so Viacom has said to Google, get all the Trek stuff off mm-hmm. there. And it seems to be related to that Star Trek Second Life thing that we talked about mm-hmm. on a previous show about them letting fans use material, but somehow they're going to make money off it. So um, you do want to get over there and and look at the Star Trek stuff before it disappears. But also on YouTube, and I hope this is not going to disappear, but again, go look right away. We'll put up a link. It's 50 Years in TV, and it is a 10-minute film that they put together for Bill's induction into the Hall of Fame. And it's an incredible compilation of his work going back to his earliest television appearances all the way up through Boston Legal. Lots of clips from shows that, that we've talked about. And it's it's just beautifully done. Mm-hmm. And it just really shows you why this guy is in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, he was in TV from from its, its earliest days. And there's parts where, where he talks about his experiences in early television. So, oh, go and see that one. It's great. It should be good. I just was checking while you were um, filling us in on that. And as of today, there's still a whole bunch of Star Trek up here. Um, the funny thing is when you type in Star Trek, the third thing that comes up is um, uh, the Knights of the Round Table video. <laughs> well, don't they kind of come up based on what's had the most hits or, or had the most positive votes? I guess or something? so. Anyway, but I just it amuses me that that comes up. Oh, and then the one right after it is the one for closer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, where's our blowjob one in the list? You know, that's a good question. I'll have to keep looking for it. It's definitely there. Um, the other things that are here are the Star Trek Cribs ones. Yes, G four, which are so oh, funny. I love those. Those are really good. So, um, so definitely go check that out. Another thing to check out, we've talked about this before, is Shatner Vision. Yes. Which is Bill's <laughs> uh, clip, clip joint, Bill's clip joint. And it's little short, like two, three minute movies, mostly of his daughter, Elizabeth, interviewing him or asking him questions that other people have sent in. And some of them are, are so funny, like the ones, the most recent ones put up of him driving while he's talking. <laughs> we just watched that and, one. And those are really funny. Um, there's a clip from Voice of the Planet, and Bill talks uh-huh. about doing that. Um, but the one we just watched that I want you all to be absolutely sure to see <laughs> is the clip from when he appeared on Circus of the Stars. Yeah, I'm going to put that up at the blog so okay. you don't have to go searching for it. <laughs> and all we're going to tell you is... He is wearing, I believe, the gaudiest, flashiest, sparkliest outfit Bill ever wore. He, bor- he borrowed it from Liberace. Yes. I know it. <laughs> and you all know that Bill will do anything to entertain mm-hmm. the crowd. Mm-hmm. Even so, <laughs> this makes your mouth fall open. Do, do we want to give away what he does to himself? Okay. Do you want to say it? Yeah. If you've ever wanted to see William Shatner <laughs> set himself on fire... This is the one. He sets his goddamn sleeve on fire. (laughs) And the funny thing is he's watching this with his daughter and he has no memory of doing this. And he's going, what do I do next? (laughs) And after he sets himself on fire, his daughter goes, didn't that hurt? Yeah. (laughs) Why did you do that, Dad? And a lot of these, if you go through and and listen to them all, they're really pretty funny for the two of them together because he'll be telling her, you know, his wild Mm -hmm. motorcycle adventure and all this other stuff. And she keeps going, 
why did you do that? That's dangerous. <laughs> well, that's why I do it, you know. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. Oh, that's so funny. Now, from the rumor mill. Yes. Uh, news on the new Star Trek movie. Um, let's see. J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. says he is going to direct. Mm-hmm. The two people who wrote the script, which apparently has been green-lighted, um, gave an interview where they kept saying, well, we can't tell you that, we can't tell you that, mm-hmm. we can't tell you that. But some of the things that sort of came out of that, they wouldn't discuss casting or, or, mm-hmm. who, or any of that. But one of the things that sort of came out of that and came out of, you know, from an insider we heard this, is that it's not going to be an Academy mm-hmm. story. That it's going to be like the first adventure on the Enterprise when Kirk, you know, first took command. So it's kind of a prequel mm-hmm. to TOS, but it's not an Academy thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it is going to be released on Christmas Day 2008. That's right. I saw that. Yep. Yep. So long time from now. Long, long time. time. Yeah. Yeah. And the the the... the the rumor you're hearing the most often about casting is Matt Damon as Kirk, uh, uh, Adrian Brody as Spock, mm-hmm. Gary Sinise as McCoy. You're also hearing about James McAvoy as Scotty, but then recently McAvoy said he has not been approached and that he wouldn't want to play the role as it was written on TOS where Scotty was basically a comic ethnic character. Mm-hmm. So that's all from from that that yeah. front. Well, boy, I mean, that's like uh, 18 months from now, so mm-hmm. the rumors will continue to fly until they actually, you know, really cast it and maybe start filming, which probably won't happen until, what, like near the end of the year, I guess. Well, a, a movie like that has a lot of post-production. Mm. You know, I mean, it might be only three months of, of actor filming, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if it needed a year of post-production. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm really hoping... Uh, what's his name? Abrams has has said this is going to have more action than other Star Trek movies, but he's also saying it's going to focus on the characters. And you know, we'll see. I mean, they are saying very strongly this is a reimagining of it. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking anybody who goes into this thinking the Enterprise is going to look like it does on mm-hmm. TV and that they're going to wear those velour outfits is going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. I think it is a reimagining yeah. of it. Well, that I think that'll be a good thing, you know, a different take, looking at it in mm-hmm. a different way. I, I don't think that's bad. No, and that's what fans have been doing, like, since mm-hmm. day one. All mm-hmm. of the fan fiction, the fan films are our own personal reimaginings of, of more of that universe mm-hmm. and more of those characters. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, cool. So that's, that's it from the rumor mill. Wow, well, thanks very much for all the updates. You've been much more on top of that than I have. Um, so let's take a break. Okay. Uh, we're going to watch some Boston Legal, right? Alrighty. Yeah, let's watch that first and kind of get that out of the way. Okay. And then we have some other stuff. Oh, that, we have that tons we, of we stuff. We have uh, always, because Bill is everywhere at every time. Conquering all media, including self-immolation. <laughs> Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. We want to hear from you. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. Right. Boston Legal, the show we just watched. Tuesdays, 10 p.m., ABC. <laughs> Shatner, Be Spader. there. Be there. Okay. I took a little bit of notes. Okay. Um, so we just watched two episodes. Those were the two newest ones, right? Yes. So we're all caught up now. Yes. Um, so my observation on the first one that we watched the first episode that we just saw of the two was basically that William Shatner had stopped playing Denny Crane and was 
just being William Shatner for that whole episode. <laughs> I think so. Because he was really being Bill. I mean, Danny Crane kind of wasn't there, mm-hmm. which was an interesting approach to the character. I suppose. I mean, I don't think that Bill um, didn't feel like acting that day. I just think that that was the direction that he was given was to be more like Bill and less like Danny Crane. Well, and I kind of think it was written that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just the direction. So that was weird. I, I and mean, we had talked about this on a previous episode where the whole conversation between him and mm. Spader at the end really seemed like the two of them talking right. rather than their characters interacting. And mm-hmm. on this one, I, I thought that Spader was more in Alan Shore mode, but that Bill was really just being Bill. I, I think he kind of went in and out. I think there were parts where he was Denny Crane-ish. Uh-huh. But much but more. But a lot of, lot of Bill there. That was weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, for, for those of you who are keeping up, this was the episode where uh, Denny Crane was arrested and put on trial because a company he <laughs> owns was uh, taking fat that had been sucked out of people having liposuction uh-huh. and shipping it to Norway to be made into fuel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he got on the stand and, and had told Alan, the jury will weep for me, <laughs> and made up this bizarre story about his Uncle Bill that brought the jury to tears. Uh-huh. And, of course... You know, he wasn't convicted, and uh, and at the end, Alan says, do you even have an Uncle Bill? And he just <laughs> looked at him, look. you know. That was a great, great look. <laughs> well, the line I liked was, um, so you planned all that? And he goes, planned, planned? You can't plan sincerity. You have to make it up as you go along. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. So that was that was entertaining, and the highlight of the episode was... Salmon sideburns. He left. He resigned. And he resigned exactly the way I wanted him to. That You called it. He was so upset about the Denise situation that he left. And um, they went kind of out of their way to have him make a really stupid exit in, mm-hmm. in his Buzz Lightyear it costume. It was great. And we fast forwarded through all of that. I yeah. was so happy. It and was so much better that he's way. He's gone. Now, I predict, I will further okay. predict, all right. that he will be back Um probably in a few episodes or at least sometime next mm. year to face off against Denise and or Brad in court. You mm. know, they'll be opposing counsel to each other. You're probably right. I think that will happen. I think so too. But it's nice to see him leave. So that was good. <sighs> yes. <laughs> um, so th- th- I wanted to mention one thing. There wasn't too much meta stuff except um, in the trial scene where um, it was the, the case where Alan was defending Denny for this, this thing that we were just talking about. And, they were opposed by the district attorney, the guy that, that hates them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got up and he gave his closing and he sat down. And then just as Alan was about to get up, Danny said, how come the other side's closings are always so short? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is good. And there was one interesting thing about this. Um, first of all, they had Howard Hessman playing the judge. And I, I love him. him. He's great. And his little quirk as the judge is that he doesn't sit in his chair. He kind of loiters, mm-hmm. which was interesting. And he was very nice and kind of underplayed, which was good. Um, but Alan, as Alan does, turned the whole closing into a thing about global warming and our dependency on oil and all the rest of it. And I thought it was nice that they had different people all kind of commenting on the fact that it was too much. Mm-hmm. That it was grandstanding and going off the point and not having anything to do with it. And even at the end, after he gets done, he says to Denny, too much? Yeah. And he kind of goes... Yeah. I remember we've been talking about that, yeah. how they've really been going further and further mm-hmm. astray on that. So it's good that they actually called attention to it, mm-hmm. so I like that. And then the, the last bit was um, at the end when they had their balcony scene and were discussing things, um, and uh, what, what was what was Denny saying it in relationship to, oh, that they, sh- they should go out and have a great big steak dinner to contribute to the greater good so that they could be fat and then have liposuction. Yeah. And uh, Denny actually calls attention to the fact that um, the two of them are just fat. Right, because they're doing a toast to, <laughs> uh-huh. to us exactly as we are. Lawyers, uh-huh. um, men about town, fat. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually looked to me like um, Spader had lost a little weight. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. they just got him a different size suit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. One size up. Maybe so. So that was good. Um, so in the second episode, we didn't actually see too much of it because Denny wasn't in very much of it. Um, but at your recommendation, we watched the other storyline, which was Alan squaring off against Jerry Espenson in a court case. Um, and that, that was really good. So the Denny storyline was that Bethany wanted him to go to Temple, 
which is amusing, given mm-hmm. that Bill Shatner is actually Jewish, and as Denny is putting up a big fight and saying, but I'm Lutheran, and we believe in Luther, which is actually pretty good. <laughs> well, I also enjoyed, too, at the end when Alan was saying, well, why do you believe in God, and his mm-hmm. explanation about, well, if you believe in him, it turns out there isn't one, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but if you don't, and there, there is one, then you're screwed, and I thought... That whole thing about what do Lutherans believe in, uh, Luther, uh-huh. and this pretty much sums up the way I think most people who profess to have faith in God believe it's this mindless thing they they repeat and know nothing about and have yeah. never even thought about, well, what, what do I actually mm-hmm. believe in, yeah. you know? Yeah, I agree. But I noticed that they did stop short of having Alan say he was an atheist. Yes. Because I guess it's still too soon to have an atheist on TV. <laughs> we can so. have gay people on TV, but not atheists. Not atheists. No, no. That would just be going too far. That would be too often. <laughs> but um, the, the Jerry Espenson case I found incredibly interesting. Yep. Um, Jerry was the opposing counsel on a case that Alan was trying, and Jerry was full of confidence and was doing sort of um, Alan's sort of trickery in court, and just, you know, had the whole thing under control, and you could see it rattling Mm -hmm, Alan. mm -hmm. So the two of them finally had a a confrontation in the hall where uh, Jerry was saying, well, you'll get up and say this, and you're very good, and you always do, but I will then say this, which is, you know, the absolute fact, and, and that's how it's going to go. And Alan, in his quiet Alan way, pretty much lets him have it mm-hmm. by saying, um, you know, for for all of this, for all of the confidence you're showing in everything, when you get up in court, you know who you really are, and the feeling of my stare upon you will reduce you to a bumbling, inarticulate man with Asperger's because that's what you are. Mm-hmm. And Jerry just, just flees oh, and, yeah. and is, is absolutely shattered. And Alan is shattered that he has has done this. Mm-hmm. And it was really remarkable. And later when he tries to apologize, explaining that, you know, this is, this is the practice of law and I'm very good at it, um, you can see his regret, and and Jerry is 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 mess, mm-hmm. and and then later Jerry thanks him. You know, says mm-hmm. this has been an important lesson, and I will become more hardened and be a better lawyer for it. But you know, you really get the feeling that the the friendship, the trust Absolutely. that was there, is is gone, yep. and it's it's very sad because that's a character who we've we've seen mm-hmm. go through a number of things mm-hmm. and a number of changes and Alan has always been so important and supportive right. in those changes and they show that at the very beginning that mm-hmm. it's at, it's very funny when when Jerry comes rushing into court and he's a little bit late and then Alan kind of turns him around and they embrace and they hug and it's like how are you oh it's great to see you and it's it's very friendly and the judge keeps saying why are these two lawyers hugging mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't yeah. I won't have any love in my court <laughs> right right but um, I I just found it very moving, very it was effective. Great. Yeah, it was really interesting to see um, Christian Clemens and the guy who plays Jerry mm-hmm. Espenson do that different turn of kind of you know his whole body posture changes mm-hmm. and the way he talks is so completely different from the way we've seen that character every way. And it, it it's always interesting as we had found out that they are actually good friends in yes. real life, having grown up together and everything. So to get them to see them do this acting thing together, I think is great. And then at the end, um, there's another balcony scene, and that line that, that Denny says was mm-hmm. just so weird, like, out of nowhere, when they're talking, when Alan is talking about this whole thing that has happened, and there's sort of a lull in the conversation, and Denny says, I hate that you're seeing him again. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then Alan sort of says, well, he was the opposing counsel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of can't help it. But yeah, that was just, that was strange. Yep. And um, just to let you know what happened with the the Denny going to Temple thing is two little boys were throwing spitwads or something at Uh Denny. I couldn't tell what it was. But so he chews up a a stick of gum and, you know, blows it out at them. But he hits the rabbi in In the the eye. (laughs) And so the rabbi is is going to sue. And in the the course of this, Denny makes some remarks about, well, you people have a real problem with overreacting (laughs) to things. And exactly like you've done in the the Middle East, (laughs) Bethany breaks up with him on the spot. And so I don't know if she will be back or not. Denny seems to not be too heartbroken over it. Well, he said she'll be back. Yeah, so So, maybe he's right. I don't know. Maybe so. 
So that that was interesting. So that may be a to-be-continued storyline. Maybe so. Well, they, they always are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that thing with the rabbi suing him and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, because that, 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 was, that was unresolved. Right. They right. just kind of left that at the end. And Jane Lynch was back yes, for a couple the minutes. therapist. Yeah, yeah. Acting marvelously in a tiny little role, yep. doing a wonderful oh, job. Oh, she's so good. Very, very good. So now um, the show is in reruns for, I don't know, another <clears throat> week or two, and then we're back with some more episodes. I don't know what's coming up. I don't like to to check mm-hmm. for spoilers and stuff. I just like to, to see it happen. So we have no idea Yeah. what is what is coming up. I don't know. What more, do you think? More Boston legal goodness. Well, I really hope... Well, I'm wondering how many more episodes Denise is going to be in before she act, the actress who plays Denise is going to be off to have that baby. Probably during the summer. You think so? Yeah. I couldn't really tell how pregnant she was from... They've been doing mostly um, shoulders and up yeah. shots of her, but a couple of weeks ago I could see that she was, you know, showing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like pooped out like going to, to give birth in the next month or two, yeah. but... All right, because I'm not, I think that's a stupid storyline with her and Brad trying to go to couples counseling, and, you know, Brad being so really awful about... Being a total traditionalist. Yeah, that she would immediately have to quit work and stay home, and even though she she has never, ever said anything about wanting to do that, that's really what she wants, because, of course, you know, all women lie about that stuff all the time. Of course. Of course. Of course. And and at the end, when he he's saying, you know... That you give give a give us a try, like like she would want to change her whole life and do everything she doesn't want to do, and now be beholden to him just because he's the father of her child. Yeah, which seems really stupid and wrong and offensive. Yeah. So I really hope that they don't pursue that any further. Yeah, because that would kind of suck. I like the character of Brad, you know, yeah. and I think it's interesting that there is this real hidebound traditionalist there, but mm-hmm. to if, to think that a, a woman like Denise would would even consider doing that turnaround is stupid. Yeah. You know what I noticed in this episode, though? Yeah. Candace Bergen wasn't in it at all. Oh, that's right. She wasn't in the one before that very much, right? Except for Sam and Sideburns turning in his yeah. resignation. And Paul was in this but had no lines. He he had a couple oh, of right. reaction he was shots. There, yeah, yeah to, to overhearing things. So I'm thinking, you know, give them more to do and. and yeah. You know, Clarence, I mean, that, you know, it's a nice character, but uh, my feeling has been there, done that, you know, with Jerry, seeing mm-hmm. him come out of the shell. And Bitchy Do still is totally useless as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. Yeah. Bring back Betty White. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> or even The Hobbit. At least we got to make a lot of fun of him. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I think that, that Boston Legal definitely works better as a show when there's more people with more stuff to do. When, mm-hmm. when they're not focusing so intensely on those characters, and when they have sort of wacky minor characters who are there to add a little flavor to mm-hmm. what's going on, you know, even when, even when the show focuses a lot on Alan and Denny, um, it's it's nice to have a break from that. Yes, and they have done a good job with those minor characters, mm-hmm. um, even when they didn't develop them into whole storylines. Just to have them there yeah. was good. Yeah, and and Bethany, I don't know that that whole thing with them getting together and breaking up and getting together. It's like okay, that was too high school. You can stop now, right? Well, and you know they they've given Brad like almost nothing to do yeah. except you know be part of this this love triangle and and Denise. I I mean I feel like if that woman hadn't gotten pregnant, yeah. <laughs> Denise would not have a storyline. No, no. So I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. There's always good stuff there. There's yeah. always Bill. Always Bill. Always Bill worth watching. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's take a little break. Yeah. And we're going to come back with a lot of other stuff to do. As always. As always. Cue the music. No. (laughs) Gay Trek, I want to tell you the latest news. Oh, please. From New Voyages. They are filming or going to film an episode that was written, I believe, by David Gerald. Mm -hmm. 
And he had originally submitted it to TNG, and it was rejected as too controversial. Mm-hmm. It dealt with a, a, a plague illness similar to AIDS. So he's rewritten it for new voyages. But one of the things that happens in this is that Peter Kirk comes out. Really? To his Uncle Jim. Mm. Now, okay, there's a couple things wrong with this technically. (laughs) New Voyages tells us they are filming like the fourth and fifth year Mm -hmm. of the five-year mission. So Peter Kirk is nine. (laughs) And I believe he's in Starfleet when he comes out. Wow, he grew up fast. He grew up really fast and grew up and became gay. Or discovered he was gay. He got the letter. He got the, <laughs> he got the, he got the gay. But here's the thing. So, the person who posted this had said, I would really hope that by the 23rd century, coming out would, would not even be an issue. Yeah. And what's interesting is when George Takei came out, you and I on our show where we were commenting about that, we're, we're talking about that, that hopefully it would just be no big deal. You know, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's part of who you are and your, 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 your friends knew it, your family knew it, you know, just like, you know, they knew whether or not you colored your hair or something. Mm-hmm. So that seems, seems very strange, but also if they're going to jump this guy to be 19, 20 years old. That doesn't make any sense. No. No, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, Totally um, off topic of what you're saying, but related to this, is that um, while I was talking to Barbara Luna at WonderCon, I said to her, what was it like working with those New Voyages guys? And she was telling me it was really fun and everything. And she goes, hey, and you know what? They called me to be back on the show. Really? That's a scoop. I think that that is, we're scooping that. Good word. Good work, scoop. Yeah, so you're hearing it here first. Barbara Luna is going to be back as Marlena Moreau on New Voyages. So there you go. Just had to say that. As Marlena? Did she say she was going to be Marlena? She did not say as Marlena, but um, I I think she was implying that it was related to what she had done with them before. Well, before she didn't play Marlena. She played a woman who had a shuttlecraft in her garage. Yeah, well, (laughs) well, we'll see. Anyway. So I just thought that was really cool, well, and I was so you. excited to thank find that out. Thank you for sharing that. But, uh, yeah, so, okay, that's that's really weird. Now, did you get that information from the New Voyages site or from somewhere else? No, this is the thing. It was posted on the Shatner BBS, and they were saying this information was posted on New Voyages. And I went and looked through their site, and I could not find this. Really? Yeah, so, huh. I don't know, maybe I'm dead wrong. Okay, on to other news. This was in the New York Times, um, our source for all February twenty third, and it's um, a little, very little piece. It says, "All the bodies of stage." Did you know that one of the most popular celebrity tattoos in the United States is of Rodney Dangerfield? What? When did "I can't get no respect" turn into "I need to have Rodney's face on my chest"? Some fans are satisfied with posters, T-shirts, and DVDs. Others head to Hollywood for a glimpse of the stars. But when products and brief sightings just aren't enough, the true fan has only one legal alternative, the celebrity tattoo. In the spirit of this weekend's Academy Awards, here's a collection of celebrity tattoos that remind us that fan is short for fanatic. Why wait for the red carpet when you can just gaze at your own arm? And so they have pictures of people who have Will Ferrell and Batgirl and Rodney Dangerfield and Tony Danza um, on their chest, but Bill isn't there, which I found astounding. Astounding. So I went looking for a Shatner tattoo, <laughs> and I want to read to you and share with you my findings. But I want to read to you the email that I sent Lena about my adventures. It says. So I'm looking for a Shatner tattoo because celebrity tattoos were mentioned in the New York Times, but I can't find anyone who actually has a Shatner tattoo. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting the temporary tattoo that you so bravely <laughs> submitted to. Yeah, that was a doozy, that one. Okay. Pancake Mountain mentions this, but has no picture. When your fans start getting tattoos of you, you know you're in some elite company William Shatner, Big Bird, Lionel Richie, all are so beloved that their fans want them on their body for the rest of their lives. But they have no picture. So I kept looking, and I did find some interesting things. One is a company called Party Pop, and they do henna parties. Uh, uh What's a henna party? So henna is a dye, 
And yeah. you can put it in your hair, but you can also do henna tattoos. Oh, okay. Because they claim to have had a private party for William Shatner. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so was it William Shatner and like 40 women? <laughs> and and what, what kind of tattoos? Who knows? Maybe he had them painted like tiger stripes or something. Ooh. That's exciting. That would yeah. be Yeah. So, um, so listeners, a little homework for you. What do you think went on at this henna party? What were the tattoos? Now, here is um, a, a, a geek with a Trek tattoo. And the name of the website is, This Star Trek Tattoo Makes Me Very Happy. I want to show it to Lena. Got to scroll down here. Oh. <laughs> he has the Star Trek emblem badge on his chest. That's a great picture. <laughs> I like the goofy expression on his face, too. Uh, yeah. And let's see what some of the responses are. Oh, yeah? What do people Star say? Trek tats rock. I wish I could afford Star Trek on DVD. This is so <laughs> fucking expensive. It makes me sad that they're so expensive. But I guess there's always the internet. Huh. <laughs> Nobody's talking. Okay, now they talk about Matt Damon playing Kirk. I mean, <laughs> just... Nothing about the tattoo. But you know what it's reminding me of? Remember when I wrote the story where um, Chekhov was ship's cabana boy? <laughs> and he only wore little Speedos, so he had his, his bed pinned on his chest. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking that looks like. So we'll be posting that link. That's great. Now, wh- while you were saying that, I, I just... Um, I started to get curious as to how old Peter Kirk was, so uh-huh. I was just sort of Googling that. And, of course, no one knows, and it's not stated, although the picture, that actor who played him did look like he was about 9 or 10. No, but, he looked younger than uh, 9 or okay. 10. I think he looked 6. No, he didn't. He was a little older than Okay, that. 7. Um, so I just happened to find another article about the thing that you were just talking oh, about. great, with, great. With Daytrack, there's a picture. <gasps> Are oh, you no. ready for this okay, picture? It's yeah, pretty bad. yeah. Here's the poster, and there's the picture. Why does the, the, the boyfriend have this checkoff wig on? Why is he wearing lipstick is the thing I don't understand. Oh, God. So there's a picture of the poster, and the name of the episode is Blood and Fire, and it shows these two guys kissing. Very sweet. But then there's a picture of the two actors and you're right. I mean, the guy who's supposed to be Peter Kirk looks like he's, like, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty wrong. And the other guy is wearing a checkoff wig and is wearing lipstick and blue eyeshadow. So I don't really get Maybe that. Maybe his boyfriend's Vulcan. He doesn't have pointed ears, though. Look, there's his ear. It's oh, not pointed. okay. Well, I think he had sort of a Vulcan hairdo. Yeah, he does have sort of a Vulcan hairdo. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. So that's a little, uh, okay. Okay. Um, those, those outfits that they're wearing are totally creeping me out. Yeah. They're, um, they're ugly and bad. Yep. Okay. Back to something (laughs) even creepier. (laughs) Back to this email. And this is unfucking believable. (laughs) A Christine Aguilera fanfic that features a William Shatner tattoo. And I'm going to read you a few paragraphs of this. In bed, they nestled in each other's arms, then both began taking their fingers for a walk over each other's body. I I love bad fanfic, like um, animatronic body parts that just operate on their own. Or taking their fingers for a walk. Put them on a leash. After pausing to admire his shoulders, Christina's fingers wandered down his left arm. Again, self-propelled fingers. Feeling the sinews of his biceps and skating gently round the outline of a circular tattoo. You know, your biceps don't really have sinews. <laughs> just thought I'd mention Are that. Are you just going to pick this apart? <laughs> she moved her head a little nearer and peered. What's this tattoo? It looks like... Who's that Star Trek guy? William Shatner? She looked incredulous. Why on earth do you have a tattoo of William Shatner's face? Miguel let out an exasperated sigh. I know it looks like William Shatner. It's just not a very good tattoo. It's supposed to be a sunflower. <laughs> That's a terrible tattoo. I wish I could get rid of the damn thing. He sounded decidedly cross. Well, that's all right, Christina said kindly. The biceps are very nice. And her fingers walked on, <laughs> down to his midriff, taut and muscled. 
and the special territory beyond. <laughs> and then they walked to the kitchen and got a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then they died. Okay, and... um. A sunflower. The um the last thing in this email, but my my search for track uh-huh. tattoos went on, is an even gayer picture of George <laughs> Takei. Now remember we found when they yes. did that picture when mm-hmm. he came out, and we said they looked for the mm-hmm. gayest picture ever. I want you to see this picture of George Takei. I, I I think I might have seen this, but I'm not sure. It's called Capitalist Pig <laughs> versus Socialist Swine. Oops. Scary Halloween. Where did it go? Yeah. Whoa, no, I hadn't seen that picture. Oh and it's my autograph. He's so he's holding a rapier, a fencing thing in his hand, and he's wearing what looks like a chainmail shirt. And he's very well muscled. Oh yeah. But um the the blog this is in <laughs> I gotta yeah. read what it says. Wow, my gaydar sucks. <laughs> Through ORAC I just came across an article about George Takei, Star Trek Sulu, coming out of the closet. I was quite surprised at this news. However, it seems like everyone but me knew Takei was gay mm-hmm. before he publicly announced it. I always thought that William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, and Walter Koenig were quite pros- possibly mm-hmm. repressed or closet homosexuals, but I never suspected that George Takei was queer. However, I guess this explains quite a few things, like his reaction that time on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, where they asked him if he was upset that his agent get him, didn't get him a part on Young Wet Bitches. <laughs> And finally, I think I found a Shatner tattoo. But not a picture of a Shatner tattoo. Well, here's the thing. The article is called Ink Me Up Scotty. Um, And this guy, Kevin, who's 35 and is known as Badger due to his bizarre haircut. He's English. Okay. (laughs) Is a Star Trek nut and has gone to incredible lengths to ensure everybody knows it. Since naming his three sons Kirk, Jean-Luc, and Benjamin Sisko... (laughs) After the Enterprise captains, he has spent the last five years in over 1,000 pounds covering his body in Star Trek tattoos. Starting in 1997 with the original Starship Enterprise on his shoulder, Mm -hmm. he now has portraits ranging from Captain James T. Kirk and Captain Catherine Janeway to Seven of Nine and Hugh of the Borg. Now, the picture they've got, I swear, the the one male... Uh, character we can see looks like Archer. I think it must be Archer. It really looks like Scott Bakula. Because on his chest, he's got the Enterprise, and I think Archer. And then on his belly, he's got Uhura and, 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 and Hugh, the Borg. Right. So, um... It okay. mentions Archer in the article, doesn't it? Yeah, and but then it says, um, Kevin's love of the program is plain for everyone to see, and he has got a mixed reaction from his friends about his body art. Some of them take the mick a bit. They say the Captain Kirk tattoo looks like Julian Clary. Who's I don't know he? Who that, an actor? I don't know. Okay, and the Benjamin Sisko one looks like Ainsley Harriet. Don't know who that is. But they're not too bad. Most just let me get on with it. They know it's up to me what I do, and a lot of them say it's good that I'm a bit different. He has 13 tattoos of his favorite characters in Starships and has plans to have more done in the future. With most of his back covered, he has recently mm-hmm. started to have some on his legs and stomach. So, see, I think Kirk must be on his back. I know, and I can't believe... And, and they don't have a picture of it. They I don't mean, have a picture ridiculous. of that. But I think we can safely say that that is a media Bill has conquered. Yeah. Oh, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, the tattoos that I have, I would never get, like, a picture tattoo. They're just no. not my thing. Not, no. 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 I agree. Okay. Uh, the one other thing I wanted to mention to get all our, our listeners to go go do this, it's going to take me a second to find it, okay. so maybe you can vamp for a minute? Oh, sure. Um, I'm, I'm just still a little mind-boggled by this whole um, Peter Kirk being gay thing, because <laughs> it's just a little weird. Oh, I have one more thing I totally forgot. Um, um, they had this on a table, so I thought I'd get it. I didn't know if you would like to have it or not, but you can certainly have it. It got a that's, little bent. That's the promo poster for the new movie. Yeah, so um, they had these on the table, and the really weird thing was that there was nothing else there. Like, there weren't people talking about it. There weren't brochures. There wasn't anybody pimping the movie. They just had these, and these posters went very, very quickly. People were sort of grabbing them up. So this new poster is a photograph of a uniform, and... Um, I had to have somebody explain to me why it was gold on one side and blue on the other because I totally didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kirk. 
I know that song. now, but I didn't understand that when, when I got so it. So it's a big chaos poster. It's a big chaos poster. Very cool. Much. Yeah. Very cool. So if you'd like to have it, you can. Sure, yeah. thanks. I, I can uh, trek pimp my office some more. Yeah, and, and it got bent because it was one of the first things I picked up on Saturday morning, so I was carrying it around with me all day. Oh, well, <laughs> and that's it got okay. a little bent, so. Okay. So what else did you find on Peter Kirk? No, this was pretty much it. This this particular story comes from a blog that's called Best Gay Day Ever, which is pretty funny. Um, the pop culture blog that plays for your team. <laughs> <laughs> and what they're saying here is, yeah, old Star Trek script with gay storyline to be produced by New Voyages. Kirk's nephew is gay. So it, it just gives a little more detail. And uh, um, they talked to James Cauley. Uh, who plays Kirk and yeah, is the producer. Who's also the senior he's the senior executive oh, producer. Don't me. forget that. Okay. Yeah. Um he says interestingly um I I don't want to give away too much more but the couple is central to the plot and even better for gay Trek fans one of the character remains on as a series regular. I wonder which one. Maybe Peter Kirk will finally be off as his his mysterious siblings were. No, I'm thinking he's the one. Do you think stay he's on. gonna stay? Really? Yeah. That would be. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that was it. Okay. I'll, I'll put in a link to this particular article so people can see those pictures. Yeah. Okay. The the last thing I want to talk about is something I found, and it's a, a site called the Best Stuff in the World, and they have these things where you can like make up categories and people vote, and I found Bill under Best Singer, Best Actor. Best most interesting person in the world. Oh, he should be number one for that. Best Star Trek actor to release music. <laughs> best sci-fi writer. Best best over actor. Now I also um, added him to the best kisser, best butt, and best package categories. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also a category for best movie with William Shatner in it. Of course, I added Impulse. Mm-hmm. Best movie in Esperanto. Mm-hmm. I also created um, a category for Best Basket and I think Best EVE. Oh, that's perfect. So you guys all want to go there and, yeah. and, and vote him in the best of everything because Bill is the He best is. Of, of course he is. Well, that's wonderful. Um, when you go to that site, you do have to register in order to vote. Do you? Yes, you do because I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, di- I didn't remember that. But, but okay. all you have to do is give them your email address. You don't have to fill out, like, right, forms right, and forms right. and stuff. So, yeah, you give them your email address, and then you can go ahead and vote in all those categories. So please vote for Bill. Show your Bill love. Yeah, and definitely he should be winning in the best butt and best package category. And best kisser. A- absolutely. Absolutely. So um, while we're on the subject of Bill, just for – oh, well, no, no, no. Let, let's save that. Let's- what? I want to. I want us to talk about something else, but we're going to do a special, additional okay. segment to the show. Okay. And um, those of you who who are listening to the audio will hear it. There, it's going to be also a special video segment that that you'll see. It's going to be short, so you can. Um, I'll probably put it up at YouTube, and I'll put it up at the site, and I'm going to try to figure out how to put it up on iTunes. So if you get it <laughs> via the feed, you'll you'll also get it, and you can see it in your computer or. Um, on your video iPod. Okay. Which would be good. So let's just take a quick break and get this set up. Wait. What? Can I tell one more thing? Oh, of course. I'm sorry. I thought we were done. I thought we were done, too. But I think I should tell people that I've had another Star Trek dream. <gasps> yeah. Well, and then I can tell them about the weird little thing that was in my dream, too. Yours is much more interesting. <laughs> Mine is stupid. But okay. I, I had this dream that was very um, convoluted, lots going on, and I've forgotten most of it except for this... <laughs> This sort of key segment. And the strange thing is, as I was dreaming this, I was very aware on some level that I was dreaming. And I was thinking, wow, I just dreamed a whole Star Trek episode. And it's a great episode. I should write this. I should make this a story. But I want to tell you the part I do remember mm-hmm. so you can just see how, how sick my mind is when I'm sleeping. Okay, there was a performer in like a nightclub or a cabaret or something. And this performer looked exactly like Kirk, except she was a woman. Mm-hmm. And she wore this, this elaborate costume that had a big full-length skirt to it. And for reasons I don't remember anymore, Kirk's assignment or whatever is that he had to, like, be her double. Mm-hmm. And so he's in the same strange, stupid outfit... And 
she has her own mental problems, mm-hmm. which is she doesn't believe she's a woman. She thinks she is a drag queen, mm-hmm. that she's a man doing drag, but she's a woman. Mm-hmm. And so to prove to her that she's a woman, Kirk fucks her. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, my first question to you when you told me this earlier was, like, did you get to see them fucking? <laughs> and I said, yeah, but it was like stupid dream fucking where you can't really, you know, tell what's going on. I mean, I it's poor reception at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell your thing. Well, my thing is just very, very short. I, it was part of a much longer dream that involved being on a cruise ship and everything. But um, in this one portion of it, I was in a place where there were shops and there was a, a store that had a lot of toys. I guess this was sort of residue from WonderCon where the, there were toys all over the place. And they had um, action figures that were, were of Bill, but Bill as a character in Deadwood. And he was dressed <laughs> that way in this sort of 19th century Western style. Are but, you sure it wasn't Comanche Blanco? No, no, no. It was Bill as he was now, so it was sort of old, fat Bill. <laughs> but dressed like Ian McShane from Deadwood. So it was very, very weird. And I was thinking, oh, I must buy one of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a collector's <laughs> item. <laughs> and they were, you know, they were like in, in, in a, you know, plastic on cardboard. And there was a whole rack of them up there. And I was, and there was only one. I remember I was looking. I was wearing a white shirt and black pants and a kind of black, like a frock jacket. Uh-huh. And I was looking at it and going... I, I need to get some of these, so finding my money. Then it was something else. So what's weirder, Deadwood Bill or Drag Queen Bill? <laughs> They're both pretty weird. Yeah. Well, yours was Bill. Mine was actually Kirk. Yeah, mine was definitely Bill. It was not Kirk. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so let's take our little break, and then we'll do our, our special feature. Okay. Please. Sad, Scott told her kindly, but not at the laces. Dinner ready yet? Emma nodded. Let's see your hands. For a wonder they were reasonably clean, though probably not aseptic, Scott regarded his own paws thoughtfully, and grimacing went to the bathroom where he made a sketchy toilet. The tadpoles had left traces. Dennis Paradine and his wife, Jane, were having a cocktail before dinner downstairs in the living room. He was a youngish, middle-aged man with soft gray hair and a thin, prim-mouthed face. He taught philosophy at the university. Jane was small, neat, dark, and very pretty. She sipped her martini and said, New shoes? Like them. Here's to crime, Paradigm muttered absently. Hmm? Shoes? Oh, now, where'll I finish this? I've had a bad day. Exams? Yeah, flaming youth aspiring towards manhood. I hope they die. In considerable agony. Inshallah. I want the olive. Jane requested. I know, Paradine said despondently. It's been years since I've tasted one myself. In a martini, I mean. Even if I put six of them in your glass, you're still not satisfied. I want yours. Blood brotherhood. Symbolism. That's why. Paradine regarded his wife balefully and crossed his long legs. You sound like one of my students. Like that hussy Betty Dawson, perhaps? Jane unsheathed her nails. Does she still leer at you in that offensive way? She does. The child is a neat psychological problem. Luckily, she isn't mine. If she were, Paradine nodded significantly. Sex consciousness and too many movies. I suppose she still thinks she can get a passing grade by showing me her knees, which are, by the way, rather bony. Jane adjusted her skirt with an air of complacent pride. Paradine uncoiled himself and poured fresh martinis. Candidly, I don't see the point of teaching those apes philosophy. They're all at the wrong age. Their habit patterns and methods of thinking are already laid down. They're horribly conservative, not that they'd admit it. The only people who can understand philosophy are mature adults or kids, like Emma and Scotty. Well, don't enroll Scotty in your course, Jane requested. He isn't ready to be a philosophy doctor. I hold no brief for a child genius, especially when it's my son. Scotty would probably be better at it than Betty Dawson, Paradine grunted. He died an enfeebled old dotard at five, Jane quoted dreamily. I want your olive. Here. Uh, by the way, I like the shoes. Thank you. Here's Rosalie. Dinner? 
So now we're going to welcome you to the <laughs> video portion what of our show. What are you laughing show. at? Okay. Oh, there's the camera. Yeah. Okay, this is the video portion of the show. Um, this is Lena. Move over. Oh, <laughs> you're hogging the whole screen. This is Kitty. All right, here we are. This is what we look like. I I'm know. the one with the ripped shirt. <laughs> People have been asking what we look like, and this is really what we look like. Isn't it great? We look alike. People often say that about us. Let's sing a song. <laughs> friendship. <laughs> friendship. <laughs> Just the perfect... Okay. So the one thing I wanted to ask you was, how did your shirt get ripped? Um, I was in a fight with a Gorn. <gasps> wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, your shirt is, is like a custom job, and mine was the one that actually um, came with me. Right, yeah. right. I still have mine that came with me, too. But the thing is, it's a good thing I have this this really fancy custom shirt because, oh my God, my EVE is coming right <laughs> off my pants. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Oh, um, God. It's because oh. my pants keep falling down. But I do want everybody to notice. Can you move over, please? I'm trying to do a profile. My wonderful, oh, there we go, my EVE. Now, should we show everyone what my EVE actually is? I, I think we should. Okay. It's a, um, it's a nighttime cold capsule. <laughs> if I can get this here. This is really That's hard so for a person who's right-left dyslexic to manage this eyesight camera. That is so funny. So we'll just put that back in, making sure that I dress to the left. And Dude, high there. five. <laughs> My arms don't go up like yours. Here, this one does. All right. All right. Yay. Cool. Now, the thing that I wanted us to talk about yeah. while we're on camera here is actually... <laughs> Yeah. It's actually the question of dressing right and dressing left. Okay, I'm I'm dressing left. Well, of course Kirk and Shatner always dress and my pants are falling down again. <laughs> always dress to the left. But the thing is, I wanna know and I wanted our listeners actually to comment on this. Like, have there ever been any scientific studies done about percentage of men who dress to the left and who dress to the Somebody right? Somebody told us. Yeah. Alan did, but he didn't have any, like, data to back it up. He just sort of said it off the cuff while we were having dinner one night. Oh, that most men dress to the right? No, to the left, he said. I thought he said to the left. I thought he said to the right. Oh, see? So I was drunk and I and probably we, didn't hear And we him. pointed out that, um, that Nimoy and DeForest Kelly both dressed to the right. That's correct. So there's our scientific proof. Two okay. out of three men dressed to the right. I'm scratching my head. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I think it would be very interesting if somebody knew <laughs> if there was some kind of scientific um, evidence for this. <laughs> if somebody don't t- <laughs> listen to her, she's so full of shit. <laughs> if somebody's done a survey or something like that, because I just want to know if there's actually been any research done about this. No, not a bit. <laughs> Somebody somewhere must have done no some research. No one did. Why did you, I have to why know. Why did you consult all I your ex-doctoral thesis people? <laughs> you know what? I think this is proving why this isn't a video show. <laughs> I think this is the best show we've ever done. <laughs> so now, anyway, now can we go play Barbies? <laughs> now we can go. We can do something else. Anyway, listeners... Yes. If you know of any studies that are about whether men dress to the left or dress to the right, um, I think we'll have to know about that. Or wear cold medications in their crotch. <laughs> or um, have penises made out of Play-Doh, which was what um, this Kirk used to have, except I don't know where it is right now. I had to you take it out. It. No, I didn't lost lose it. it. I just, it's in I'm a box really somewhere. Sorry. It's in a I'm box sorry somewhere. I'll find it too. and I'll show it next time. Okay. But that's what I want to know. I want to know if there have been scientific studies done about this or not. Okay, well, let's let's turn the boys around, and let's sign off. Here we off. go. This is what you've all been waiting for. There there they are. Look at their butts. Look at their butts. <laughs> Look at that shiny little butt. It's Yours so is shiny. Cute. Mine's blue. I know. you got underwear painted on. I know. I'm going commando. Yeah, but I've got a penis. <laughs> You're right. Damn. You have an unfurnished basement. Yes. Mine's done in a tasteful blue. <sighs> All right, let's wave. Bye-bye. It's time to go. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.